How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode... I don't even know what episode I am on anymore. Can't keep up. It's Tuesday, April 26th, and welcome to the MMA Frequency. Uh, it's Joseph Dolan. Wouldn't be anybody else unless uh, in some kind of dastardly professional wrestling angle somebody took me out at the desk before I recorded and recorded their own uh, evil version of my podcast. That would be a real bummer. Uh... Every single MMA company in the world had events this weekend, so we got a lot to talk about, including uh, weekdays, weeknights, weekends. I was just churning through MMA uh, this past week. Uh, we had Amanda Lemos versus Jessica Andrade, and coming up on the weekend, it's the Rob Font versus Marlon Vericard for the UFC. So let's get right into it. The uh, PFL started their new season this week with the uh, headliner... Clay Collard and Jeremy Stevens. This was a really, really fun fight. Uh, <laughs> Clay Collard might not be a UFC quality fighter, but as far as the PFL goes, real deal. Beat Jeremy Stevens. Beat Anthony Pettis. This guy is <laughs> clowning on old, old UFC veterans. Uh, I want to see how far he goes in the tournament. I'm really interested in the PFL as a whole. I was not that interested at all until this season. Uh, I think the, the, the seasonal format's kind of neat. I have to say, uh, Collard put on a crazy pace, looked incredibly durable, despite uh, just like, it looked he was just swinging on Jeremy Stevens for three rounds. And Stevens, unfortunately, he looked uh, a little old, a little slow, a little tired, a little hittable. Uh, he probably should have gone to the body more. Every time he went to the body, Collard, Collard uh, reacted really big. And Jeremy Stevens is still incredibly powerful, but I don't know. That, that man's chin is made out of granite. And then on Friday, there were back-to-back -back Bellator cards. I uh, only watched a couple. Uh, Danny Sabatello versus... Oh, this is 278. Bellator 278, by the way. Uh, Danny Sabatello fought Jornel Lugo. I was just <laughs> watching this to avoid death by boredom. And uh, it was an alternate fight for the Bantamweight tournament because Sergio Pettis and I believe somebody else had to already pull out of their tournament uh, with an injury. I'm not sure if we talked about this last week or not. So, uh, yeah, he looked, uh, Danny Sabatello looked amazing. Uh, got on Lugo, did not give him a break in the grappling for a few straight rounds. Got a 10-8 in the second round. Uh, very, very fun fight. I believe Sabatello, oof, I'm not sure who they, uh, have him matched up with in the tournament now. But, uh, the next fight was Enrique Barzola versus uh, Nikita Mikolov. I will be completely honest. I did not watch this one very closely, but uh, Barzola beat Mikolov pretty convincingly. Uh, lots of uh, lots of punching, lots of hidden, as you know, uh, these fights tend to go. Uh, I also had a little bit of a laugh because this is for the 135-pound bantamweight tournament, and uh, one of them did not make weight, so it had to fight at a 140-pound uh, catchweight. That was pretty fun. That was a... <laughs> Love to see that. Hold on. Let's see if I have it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Danny Sabatello is uh, not fighting uh, Magomed Magomedov, but... Uh, Poor old Enrique Barzola uh, won the right to fight Magomedov. So 
that's going to be fun. Really interesting. Magomedov is insane. Uh, and then after that, I will be completely honest once again with you, dear listener. I tuned out. I stopped watching the show. The uh, main event was Juliana Velasquez for Liz Carmouche for their flight, flyweight title. And I went on Twitter as soon as I heard the words controversial finish. I sprinted to find a clip. I was I was I moved so fast to find a clip of that that finish that my my legs were were were, were, were moving so fast you couldn't see them like in a cartoon you know I was making like circles like Sonic, uh, not that controversial of a finish. Uh, the whole point of a stoppage is if somebody is no longer intelligently defending themselves, and when you have somebody in the crucifix and you are elbowing them in the head, even if they are weak little pitter patter elbows, uh, eventually. You know, you're still not intelligently defending yourself. Carmouche dropped a couple of solid-looking elbows right at the end of the sequence, right before the referee stopped the fight. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't think this was this completely egregious. It wasn't like Juliana Velasquez was like, it, 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 yeah, no, it was not some case where like she stood a stumble or something and the ref stopped the fight. I mean, she was in crucifix. Uh, Arms, like, spread out, getting elbowed in the head. Uh, the LFA had a card, which I did not watch. Uh, some big middleweight knocked out some other big middleweight in the main event. And then uh, 279 was the next night. Uh, this was really, really good. Uh, they did the alternates for on 278 and on 279. It was the, op- the first uh, fights of the opening round of the Grand Prix. Uh, Kyoji Horiguchi versus Patchy Mix. Oh, I am heartbroken. Oh, my God. Kyoji Horiguchi is still so fucking good. Uh, he is just undersized for American MMA. Sadly, sadly, every single day I shed a tear. Because uh, he's still a Ryzen bantamweight champion. But I think Ryzen does the uh, one-style uh, uh, hydration tests for uh, weigh-ins. So those guys at 135 are like actually 135 fighting at 135, not guys fighting like <laughs> walking around at like 158 who cut down to 135. Uh, just Patchy Mix just looked huge. He looked so much bigger than Horiguchi in the octagon. And uh, not not to discredit his performance, Horiguchi was lightning fast and lighting this guy up on the feet. Uh, Patchy Mix could not connect with, with, with anything. And Horiguchi was staying on his bike the whole fight, darting in and out, uh, you know, landing three punches before Patchy Mix could land one. However, uh... The guy's an amazing backpacker. I had never heard of him before this fight. I'm not too too versed in a mixed martial arts outside of the UFC. We're working on that. I'll, I'm trying to bring diverse viewpoints and, uh, you know, introduce new fighters to my audience. Uh, no, I mean, Mix got the, uh, the takedown, the backpack takedowns in the first two rounds. And, oh, my God, that guy could literally spend an entire round on your back. And uh, he's got great transitions, too. So when Horiguchi would try to uh, roll over or uh, kind of break out of the backpack, uh, Mix would just roll him back. And <laughs> boom, all of a sudden, he just had him in the choke uh, on his had, had his back again. In the fifth round, I mean, he had him backpacked up against the cage. How do you even do that? Uh, crazy, crazy stuff. I'm obviously heartbroken for Horiguchi, but that was a really, really fun fight. Uh Rafion Stotts versus Juan Archuleta. So Sergio Pettis is out, obviously. So this was the interim bantamweight title fight. See that Archuleta was the previous 
champion before Pettis. Pettis beat to win the belt. Uh, good scrap. Rafael Stas was getting styled on for two rounds, and then had a crazy knockout at the beginning of the third round. Uh, won the interim bantamweight title. He's moving on to the next round. Good for him. And then the uh, main event for this card was uh, Chris Cyborg versus, I believe, Arlene Blemkow is her name. Uh, really, really good scrap. Uh, she That uh, girl hung in there for all five rounds, which I was very surprised with. Uh, definitely still one of the – Cyborg, definitely still one of the best female fighters in the world, obviously. But uh, Arlene, Arlene, this Arlene lady just has a tough, tough head. She's got a hard dome. Uh, yeah, ben, uh, Bellator Bantamweight Grand Prix, really, really interesting. Uh, their women's titles are very interesting. Uh, I really wish they weren't cursed. That would be nice. I really wish that we could have a Bellator card without uh, like a, a controversial finish or a no contest or bad judging or uh, senile John McCarthy just going on tangents or Mauro Ronaldo saying Mamma Mia every 30 seconds. I, I, uh, oh, I, playing the really bad mid-2000s metal in the arena speakers as loud as they can between rounds. Uh, Scott Coker is, is trapped in, in, in the eternal recurrence of the year 2006. Uh, Oh my God! I just I can't even listen to I can't listen I can't listen to John McCarthy do MMA commentary. It is like it is like needles in in my ears. It's it's he's terrible. He's terrible. They need to replace him post haste. Oh my God! Sorry, uh, I literally wrote in, insert insert anti John McCarthy rant here into my into the script for this episode because I was so upset last weekend. Moving on. Jessica Andrade versus Amanda Lemos. Uh, I was pretty busy, so I only watched a couple of uh, fights on the card. But uh, the first one I watched was Lando Venata versus Charles Jourdain. That was uh, a really, really fun fight for as long as it lasted. But uh, on the way in, Lando kind of looked like a skeleton on the scales. And I... I as, I think we were talking about this a couple episodes ago, maybe maybe even last week. But uh, typically, typically, people guys don't move down a weight class and for for a more resilient chin. Typically, that's not what happens. And usually, a guy moving down a weight class, uh, you can tell and look at him. And if he looks like Skeletor, uh, he'll probably have a bad night at the office. So, Lando was doing really good. But he uh, threw a mistimed body kick and uh, just walked directly onto a straight right from Jordan, who uh, got him in the guillotine, and they, he tapped. Uh, it was a good, good fun back and forth, but uh, Lando Venata kind of played himself, and Charles Jordan capitalized. Uh, Macy Barber actually won a fight uh, unanimously. She did not have a controversial decision. You really do love to see it. Uh, or do you? I don't know. I don't know. I don't really care about Macy Barber. Uh, Claudio Huels. Oh, my God. Claudio Huels was Craig Quick. Clay Guida was an amazing, ridiculous fight. And uh, I, I forgive me. I have sinned. I did not do much homework of Huels before the fight. Uh, he has now racked up his third knee bar submission finish in the UFC. 
Uh, they spend about three minutes in an incredibly tense round of grappling. Uh, Puel's basically had one of Guida's arms on the ground the entire time they were on the ground. Uh, he was chaining triangles, arm bars, omoplatas, uh, throwing ground strikes, and Guida was pretty crafty at some points. Uh, uh, he's well as trying to get him into a triangle and uh, holding on to one of the arms with both of his, with his legs. And Guida was like standing-ish or like on his knees trying to get up. And Puelas was trying to hit him. He was trying to throw hammer fist, but Guida just turned his head, and he turned his head into uh, Puelas' legs. And immediately, Herb Dean was like, no strikes to the back of the head. Don't hit the back of the head. You can't hit the back of the head. It's legal. I mean, it's legal to do something like that. Uh, very smart, very crafty. Uh, Clay finally broke the uh, grappling control, and Puelas immediately slapped on one of the craziest, like, rolling transitions to a knee bar I've, I've seen in a minute and uh, tapped him out. Whew. Really, really fun fight. Uh, Jessica Andrade, uh, a scary lady. Please don't hurt me, Jessica. Uh, it was <laughs> the main event. There was a, was a similar length to Claudio Puelos versus Clay Guida. Uh, there was, like... <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, they traded back and forth on the feet for a little bit. Uh, it looked like Lamos maybe was getting the best of her. And then uh, Andrade slipped a strike and just moved in on her like a like a like an animal. It, it was it was terrifying. It was terrifying. She moves in on her and immediately gets the bicep up around her arm and behind her head. And then moves it over and just boom. Cinches up a uh, triangle like hold on Lemos's head, and Lemos is like moving. She's squirming. She's trying to get away, and then she moved her arm again, and she completed the hold on her bicep. And then Lemos really started squirming. There are some uh, very interesting pictures on Twitter of her like literally like gasping for air and like looking uh, like looking up. Uh, she just held the hold for like a straight minute. And kept tightening it and tightening it and working it and working it and working it. And Lamos tapped and like collapsed to the ground. Horrifying. This woman is horrifying. Uh, the only standing uh, arm trial choke, arm triangle choke finish in UFC history. Terrifying. Uh, picked up Rose Namajunas, slammed her on her head. Terrifying. Uh, knock finishes at three different weight classes. Uh, terrifying. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's like one more fight uh, between her and the belt. Maybe they'll like make a fight like Mackenzie Dern or something, or maybe they will just put her in top contendership and just have her next in line for the belt after uh, Rose fights next month. Crazy, crazy, crazy finish. Uh, other than that, nothing, nothing uh, that interesting on the card. Uh, is this... Uh, Mike Jackson uh d d got his finger like directly <laughs> into Dean Barry's eyes and uh got him disqualified. Uh, Mike Jackson, that UFC luminary, uh, with one loss to Mickey Gall, an overturned win over CM Punk, and oh, I'm sorry, I'm I goofed it up. I read the results wrong. Dean Barry was the one who like got his finger like straight into Mike Jackson's eye. 
And uh, Mike Jackson's UFC record is now one and one with one no contest. Oof. Oof. <laughs> That's the other thing. Uh, three fights, one in 2016, one in 2018, and one in 2022. I didn't even know that he was still signed to the UFC. Ugh. Uh... Ayori Quilang beat a knocked out Cameron Else, another uh, really interesting Chinese bantamweight prospect. Uh, Tyson Pedro came back. He was a little before my time. Uh, knocked out Ike Villanueva. Apparently that was a fun fight. Other than that, that was uh, all of the fights from last weekend. Now let me, uh, let's descend into the newsroom for a minute, uh, if you would. Now, the reason why all of these, uh, fight promotions were putting on fight cards this weekend at like strange and irregular times uh, was to avoid the Tyson Fury bump and uh, Fury fought on Saturday I believe he fought Dillian White knocked him out in whatever round uh, sorry we were an MMA podcast not a boxing podcast I really don't know anything about that sport but this is the tie-in uh, Tyson Fury announced he was retiring from boxing but after the fight, uh, he was joined in the ring by Francis, Francis Ngannou. Francis got on the mic, told him who the baddest man, told him that they would find out who the baddest man on the planet was soon, which uh, the boxing match between these two has been rumored for like months, months now, uh, since before Francis's last title defense. We've all known that he wanted to go and he wanted to box. So uh, on the MMA hour uh, yesterday, he also basically said that uh, he's not signing a new contract unless the Tyson Fury boxing bout is included in his contract, which is very, 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 very interesting. Uh, basically, I just hope Francis makes that bag. I hope he gets a boatload of money. Good for him. Uh, he's the baddest man on the planet. He's probably the best heavyweight in the division right now. And I mean that literally in terms of skill. Uh, he could beat any any heavyweight in the division right now. Uh, he deserves some money. Get paid a little more than the than the scraps UFC is throwing his way. Uh, however, this does all tie back into the crossover fights problem, which we discussed uh, breaking down the uh, mixed rules fight between Demetrius Johnson and Rod Tang, which is that Francis Ngannou is really great, and he's got crazy knockout power. Tyson Fury is the best boxer in the world. The best heavyweight in the heavyweight boxer in the world. And it's not even close. It's like not not remotely close. Uh Francis will make his money and then Tyson Fury will jab his head off for 12 straight rounds. Uh I don't know. I mean like maybe maybe if they have four rounds gloves on, Francis's chances go up from like 0% to 1%. Maybe if they like tie Tyson Fury's ankles together with like a rubber band, Maybe that will increase his shot, uh, but like I, that's the problem. An MMA fighter who is training in MMA will not be able to beat a boxer who has been training in just boxing. In boxing, it's just not going to happen unless we unless it's people like Silva who like fully commit and like transition careers, uh, and we don't have that many people like that uh, representing MMA and boxing. So. Uh, most MMA crossover fighters will continue to go over there, embarrass the sport. All I can hope is that Francis get paid a very large sum of money 
and puts on an entertaining fight with uh, Tyson Fury in the future. Uh, just a little bit of matchmaking news. Uh, this one broke near and dear to my heart. Uh, Rob Whitaker apparently sustained a early injury in his uh, camp to fight Marvin Vittori at UFC 275. And uh, he said he's been trying to work through it for a couple of weeks, but he can't, so he's decided to pull out of the fight. This is a massive bummer. Uh, I want to see Rob back in the cage as soon as possible. Uh, I thought the fight with Vittori was a great fight to make for both of them. Uh, I thought it was going to be like an interesting fight in terms of like t t technique matchup. However, what this does mean is that we might get a rematch of the most entertaining uh, build to a fight in all of 2021. If they still need an opponent from Marvin Vittori at 275, I'm just saying, Paulo Costa's around. Hasn't done much. So, Vittori versus Costa 2? Uh, it's entirely possible. I'm, I'm not saying that I'm going to get in my car after I record this podcast and drive to California to hunt down Sean Shelby and force him to make this fight, but it would be an entertaining fight. Uh, I, I, I just... God, I just want to see them do interviews again. The face-to-face -face interviews were some of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my God. Uh, nothing else that interesting. Uh, Nate Diaz still complaining about not getting booked on Twitter. UFC still scumbags for uh, holding up his contract like that. Uh, I don't know. There's not really a kind of a slow... Uh, Slow week for the news. So, on to the next one. This weekend, we've got uh, Rob Font and Marlon Vera, Cheeto Vera, uh, headlining in the uh, main event. Let's just, uh, I'm going to run down a couple of fights on the CAD. So, Alexander Romanoff versus Chase Sherman. Uh, I was, like, honestly actually getting excited for this one last week. Uh, and then I find out that Chase Sherman, the guy who was fired, rehired with day's notice, just to fight Romanoff, uh, for some reason needs the fight to get pushed a week back. Uh, this, this company is so funny sometimes. Uh, yeah, uh, Sherman pulled out, like, on the day, the day of the fight. Uh, so that fight got canceled. I was... Already pretty heartbroken about the Manel Cop and uh, the Manel Cop fight getting canceled. And then this fight breaks. Uh, this news breaks. Like, literally, literally, I, you, those graphics, those uh, match, those matchup card, uh, those match lineup graphics that they put out on Twitter. Uh, Romanov and Sherman were in the matchup graphic. And I literally was watching the show until I realized that their fight had gotten cut. I was like, what, what, wait, why is this fight happening? I thought that, ugh, so annoying. Uh, nothing else to say that I didn't say last week. Uh, Romanoff, undefeated, probably still going to walk through Chase Sherman. Uh, bip, bop, poop. Uh, next, the next fight I want to talk about. Ooh, don't, Christoph Joko versus uh, Gerald Mearshart. Uh, Gerald Mearshart. Uh, a literal no-name nobody who became infamous for being one of Hamzat Chemaev's uh, first victims. Uh, so now we all have to spend the next uh, 
year and a half after that hearing about how uh, legit uh, Gerald Mearshart is and how good he is at fighting. But uh, GM3 actually did uh, kind of retroactively live up to the hype. He's gotten way, way better after uh, Hamza beat him. Uh, he's gotten the best streak of his career, uh, worked on his grappling, three straight submission wins. So uh, who knows? Uh, Christoph Joko doesn't really have like a super impressive resume. He's kind of uh, one of those uh, red and green fighters, you know what I mean? You you check the resume and you see a a lot of dropping back and forth. Uh, he's basically, I mean, you know, define him maybe by the uh, quality of the losses rather than the quality of his wins because he has lost to pretty much le only legit guys, but uh, the people he has beat, you know, I mean, like uh, boy oh boy, Eric Anders. Uh, I'm thinking Mearshart's probably just going to win this one. Uh, Darren Elkins versus Tristan Connolly is going to be a really, really interesting scrap. Uh, Connolly picking up his third weight class because he, uh, beat up Michelle Pereira when he moved up to welterweight. Now he's moving down to, a uh, featherweight. Elkins, uh, always game, always, uh, it's kind of like a, uh, journeyman at this point on the roster but uh like i said in discussing the uh, issues with weight cuts uh who knows what kind of shape Connolly is gonna show up in uh, this weekend if he looks like a skeleton and uh elkins managed to knock him out with a lucky hook then uh that might just be the way the cookie crumbles but Connolly's a uh, pretty good pretty legit uh not gonna make a prediction on this one not gonna just not gonna do it uh Jared Gordon versus Grant Dawson. Uh, might kind of be a bad night at the office for Jared Gordon. He's supposed to fight Rafael Alves, and uh, who is okay. Uh, Alves pulled out, and instead he got matched up with Grant Dawson, who is uh, one of the UFC's uh, like clearly favored uh, featherweight prospects. Uh, lightweight prospect. My bad. I'm a doofus. Uh, Dawson went on a 5-0 run as soon as he arrived in the UFC. Uh, beat guys like Derek Minner, Leonardo Santos, decent names. Uh, was starting to get that uptick in quality of opponents, but uh, he faced some adversity in his last fight where he uh, took a 10-8 in the third round of a fight he won the first two fights in, first two rounds of, and uh, ended up uh, getting scored a majority draw. So he's still undefeated, but it's not a perfect record anymore. Uh, Dawson's just really, really good. I'm just, I, I, he'll probably going to beat Grant Dawson. Uh, Andre Feely versus Joe Anderson Brito. This fight does not interest me at all, so I'm literally just skipping it. Uh, co-main event, Andre Arlovsky versus Jake Collier. And uh, sp speak of the devil, because uh, take a wild guess who uh, Jake Collier's last heavyweight win in the UFC was over. Yep. Chase Sherman, baby. Woo! He's uh, matched up against AEW wrestling superstar Andre Arlovsky, who uh, admittedly, I like, I rag on Arlovsky for being incredibly, incredibly old, but uh, he's on a three-fight win streak, which is uh, more wins than he's strung together literally in, like, a, almost a decade. So, uh like I like I was saying, uh, it obviously didn't shine through total. Well, it did kind of with Clay Guida with uh, the way that he turned his head specifically so that basically any strike would be a strike to the back of the head. 
that kind of like veteran uh just just being used to being in the octagon uh that effect is uh unquantifiable like unrateable uh he's also just like a still like decent fighter but uh uh I'm just not too inspired by Andre Arlovsky versus Jake Collier. The UFC heavyweight division is, even with, like, a couple of good guys finally filtering up to the top, uh, just so anemic right now. Uh, expect a uh, Andre Arlovsky decision win. The main event, the main event, uh, Rob Font versus Cheeto Vera. I am not making a pick for this fight. I I refuse. I I, I refuse. I will not be held uh, responsible for any of the words that come up in my mouth ever while talking about this sport ever again. Uh, no, this fight is going to be incredible. Uh, this fight is going to be really, really, really good. Font and uh, Cheeto are number five and number six, and uh, they're just, like, so good at fighting. They're so incredible at fighting. Uh, Marlon Vera, or Cheeto has, like, really started to, like, put together his skills in, like, a way... That is gonna make him like a like much more like legitimate contender, and Rob Font already uh, is that good. Uh, he is, yeah. Font is just amazing. Uh, his only his most recent fight loss being to Jose Aldo, which is like uh, no shame in losing that guy, obviously. So uh, I don't know. Font has got a little bit of like the uh, wrestling in there. And the uh, submission skills, which Cheeto does have a good grappling, but not like that great wrestling. He's one of those guys that uh, doesn't really have the ability to bring the fight to the ground when he wants it to go to the ground. Uh, but yeah, the fight between these two guys is going to be fireworks. Uh, I would like slightly lean towards Font, maybe, in terms of just having more applicable skills, but I am making no predictions, no solid predictions. I will not be opening up the next episode of the show apologizing to anyone. Unless, like, Jake Collier, if he somehow beats Andre Arlovsky, but I don't think that's likely. Uh, no, is just, like, always game. Uh, always good for a good scrap. Uh, and I would love to see, obviously, Cheeto break into the top five before Sean O'Malley, like, fights a ranked bantamweight. I don't know. This is... That would be pretty funny. I would I would have a laugh, uh, especially considering that I'm. I mean, I'm, I love the underdog. I love the underdog. You should know this by now. Uh, and when he knocked out uh, Sean O'Malley, everybody was like, "Oh, well, uh, O'Malley's gonna just. It doesn't matter because O'Malley's just gonna be good. He's he's gonna be the champ, and this guy's gonna be a journeyman." Well, uh, <laughs> Cheeto is ranked. Oh wait, he's ranked number eight. Is there? That's really, really interesting. I could have sworn that uh, he, they were uh, right next to each other. My bad. Uh, if, if Cheeto does beat uh, Rob Font, he will break into the top five still, and uh, there will still be egg on Sean O'Malley's face and uh, everybody on Twitter. So that's really what I'm rooting for here. Uh, in order to give like a real like analytical breakdown, I would have had to have done like <laughs> four hours of watching tape before recording this show, which I... Uh, didn't have the chance to do. So all I'm going to predict is a fun fight. I'm going to say that the winner of Rob Font versus Cheeto Vera, the fans. The fans.
other than that, uh, I don't got anything else. So, bye bye.